0: growing Up boomer. I'm your host Padre with my co-host Cotton and this podcast is dedicated to the life and times of the baby boomer generation. The show is loosely scripted and sometimes will go down rabbit holes and where it leads us to one will never know. This podcast can be informative, funny, and sometimes irreverent. But most of all, we hope you find it entertaining. Hey Cotton, how's it going my man? Fantastic in yourself, Father. I cannot complain. Hey, I have sure. a uh, qu- a question. Wasn't this uh, last weekend your weekend for your National Lampoon Christmas dress-up uh, dinner? Uh,
1: yes, it, yeah, Christmas vacation. That
0: yes. was a Christmas vacation. That was it. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. How did it go? It was great. Good time. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of a uh, lot of people dressed up,
1: and um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was. It was. It was we We got a lot of uh, lot of pictures, mm-hmm. and uh we had a blow up uh Chevy Chase with his with his uh santa hat uh-huh uh, blow- up doll of him a big one, you know, yeah. six foot or whatever, and uh mm-hmm. had that in the background, everybody had their picture taken with them, so <laughs> <laughs> hey, so um
0: who were you? I was the old man the old man the old, is had it? the old
1: man that just always had a shitty attitude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Was this the guy in like the vest, sweater vest type of thing?
1: Uh, no. No, okay. this is uh, the the little old guy that that, uh, that when he'd take his hat off, the toupee
0: came with him. <laughs> I have not seen the movie. I have. I oh have it my. on my wall. I promise you. You have
1: never seen the movie? I
0: have never seen the movie.
1: Oh, uh, my God. You oh,
0: be I know me. I know my son tells me what a great movie it is that I need to see it I have it on my watch list and I promise you cotton before Christmas I will have viewed that movie
1: you will be so frustrated watching it and <laughs> um and you'll want to watch it over and over oh, okay and
0: over again. all right all right <laughs> my man okay I'll, I'll definitely look at that um well who was uh who was your wife what, what character was she she was um, the
1: older lady, <laughs> one of the wives.
0: Okay, all right. I, you know, you're gonna have to send me pictures so I can see this.
1: Yeah, that's. I thought I sent well, one.
0: No, you, I'm sorry. afraid I did not get it. Okay, righty. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, it was a eventful weekend. No, no, and then uh, we went to the uh, Van Gogh immersion, and that was something. Oh it's, really? Oh yeah, that was that was really something. They get you into you walk into certain rooms and like there's one room that um, is just huge and his paintings and it's all done video and it all changes to his paintings and this room is huge. It's just huge and you sit in these layback chairs. It is the most relaxing experience you'll ever have. Oh really? Oh yeah, and then they have another room where you. They have like um his paintings, and you color them and you scan them, and they put them on the wall like it's an art uh, exhibit, really oh <laughs> yeah, it was awesome, it was awesome, it was really good, it goes through his life and all his paintings and stuff like that and it's just it's just a really, really good experience if you like van Gogh and my uh, my wife loves Van Gogh, so you know we had to go. <laughs>
1: I'm so a
0: go I'm more of a dolly Robertdor <laughs> <fun than laughs> Dolly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what can I tell you? All right. Hey, what do you say we get back to our uh, podcast here? All right. And we're going through, we're, we're going to go from 1956 to 1970, but I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So much stuff happened in the 60s. I don't know if we're going to get all the way to 1970 today.
1: Then it could be part
0: one and two. Yeah. Well, we this is part two. We may go. Part three. <laughs> That's right. Okay. <laughs> if you remember, we ended we ended with uh, Rosa Parks. Uh, yep. On uh, the bus. But, yeah. On the bus, refusing to move to the back of the bus, and the Dodgers winning the World Series in 1955. Dodgers. Are they still around? <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. But now, let's go over to October 4th, 1957. This was the first artificial satellite to orbit the Earth. And yes, sir, and it wasn't the United States that put it up. It was a Soviet Union, and everybody was shook, right? It was oh, launched by the Soviet Union. It was about 187 pounds. They probably do uh, kilometers or whatever, but you know what? We want the standard, okay? <laughs> the imperial, uh, <laughs> you yeah. We'll take 187 pounds. It was a metal sphere, and it was the size of about a basketball. And it was really? launched. it was launched by this huge old rocket, it orbited the Earth at about 1,800 miles an hour for three months, and that's when huh. we said, "You know what? We better catch up because these dudes are got something in the air." That's right, in space. And you know what they say: if you rule the skies, you rule the Earth. That's what they say, but that's not always the case. <laughs>
1: <Right>.
0: <laughs> so that was a that was a big thing. Also, in 1957, the first Nuclear power plant in the United States. Shipping port that was uh, opened on December eighteenth, nineteen fifty-seven, and this was uh, fed the grid in Pittsburgh. It was on the Ohio huh. River in Beaver County, Pennsylvania. Wow, about twenty-five miles uh, from Pittsburgh. Hmm. Nineteen fifty-eight. This is very, very important cotton. Well,
1: wait a minute. Nineteen
0: fifty-seven. You forgot that What's- cotton was born. Oh, 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 oh. what was I thinking? Now, what was that day? January, July, right? July, July fifth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, You know, so that's why we uh, don't we take a holiday that uh, that week for your birthday? Is that what it is?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They
0: they wrote the letters to the president. Yeah, the fifth of July. Now, get this, (laughs) but very important, we're moving to 1958. The Dodgers moved to Los Angeles and started playing in the Coliseum. Mm -hmm. I remember I was five years old back then.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that was was a big, big deal. I remember my uncles making a big deal about that. And then I remember watching Channel 5 when they're building Chavez Ravine and they're getting the homesteaders out. Oh, really? Yeah, it was not a good look for the Dodgers. Wow. (laughs) They're dragging these people out of their homes, you know, hey, we don't want to give up here, you know, open that uh, Brooklyn area in Mm -hmm. Elysian Park, and they were dragging Mm -hmm. the people out. Oh, it was not a good look. Wow. (laughs) You know, and then uh, there was the uh, uh, 1959, very important, Hawaii and Alaska become a state. Really? Yes, sir. Can you imagine? that we were alive when there was only 48 states. Yeah. Yeah, now it's 50. Okay, so we have Alaska and Hawaii become a state. Wow. Yep, in 1959. But more importantly, October 8th, 1959,
1: the Mm -hmm. Dodgers
0: win their first World Series after moving out to the West Coast. Yes, sir. Uh Dodgers over the Chicago White Sox. Okay. Oh yeah, you know the you know six games played, Dodgers win four, White Sox win two. Larry Sherry becomes the MVP. That was important. All right, we, we got to get into important stuff, man. You were already a fan. <laughs> yeah, I was. You know, I like I said, you know, I grew up in a house that that, that was bleeding Dodger blue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready for this one? Nineteen sixty kennedy is elected president that was big okay yeah that yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure your mom your parents probably talked big time about kennedy i know my mom oh. did oh yeah and my and my grandma had a
1: a little um kennedy in his um rocking chair
0: oh and would, yeah
1: and he would rock and mm-hmm. and it'd make a you know music mm-hmm. i can't remember what it was but uh um but, yeah, she had Kennedy stuff all over her Oh, her he house. was,
0: I mean, that was about as close to royalty as we could get. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. And if they knew what he was doing behind the scenes, I don't know if they would have liked him that much. <laughs> <laughs> Did you
1: say behind the scenes or the <laughs> Oh, man. But
0: 1962, this was a big thing. The mm-hmm. Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. This is so funny. You know, the, we had the U2s, right? Mm-hmm. The aerial, and they photographed a, a picture of Cuba. And they guess what? They analyzed it in a secret office above a used car dealership. <laughs> <laughs> in, yeah, in a run-down part of Washington, D.C. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> now, get this, right? You know mm-hmm. how I mean the Soviets had a ton of soldiers in there, and you know how they got them in. You know how they got you know how they got I mean because they got them in without us even knowing they were there, right? You know how they got them in. How it was called the checkered shirt operation. They got a them checkered in, shirt. They would give them checkered shirts so they looked like civilians, <laughs> and they would stuff them in tight quarters to sneak thousands of troops into Cuba jeez. Oh, you know, Ivy. think you can't notice that. <laughs> All yeah. these Russians are coming over, and they've got, like, flannel shirts on, you know, checkered shirts, you know, so they look like civilians, and they get yeah, in really. there. <laughs> Amazing. This is almost as good as a Iraq war, weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. Remember? Oh, we're going in, because oh. and, hey, we never found any. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, what a joke. <laughs> oh, I remember when uh, that happened, when they um, uh, when we started going uh, into Iraq, the first time, I remember I was at one of your shows, and uh, the, the uh, regional manager says, uh, you know, talking about weapons of mass destruction, and I said, ah, uh, uh, there's no weapons there. And he goes, how can you be so sure? It's like, because Israel would have bombed them. They already did it one time. <laughs> 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 they ain't going to let nobody get uh, nuclear weapons near them. <laughs> But, yeah, that's how they got him on there, right? You mm-hmm. know. And so they were so concerned about the news leaking out. They concocted that Kennedy had a cold, so he couldn't do any personal events. So he canceled all his public events because he needed to be, you know, in the White House, in the war room, when they found this out. Oh, wow. So Yeah, you know, yeah he's got a cold. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Okay, we believe it. <laughs> yeah.
1: A Cold War.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> the Cold War, right? <laughs> and get this. We actually had a Soviet spy that was telling us all the stuff that was going on in uh, Cuba. He was an intelligence officer. He was a double agent. Wow. that was So we all knew what was going on in there after they got everybody in there. In all honesty, what really stopped this crisis called backdoor diplomacy, rather mm-hmm. than what they call blinkmanship defuse the crisis. So in other words, you have blinkmanship. In other words, who's going to blink first? But what they did is they, (laughs) yeah, who's going to blink first? But, you know, after we had blockaded Cuba, they had negotiations, secret negotiations, and the Russians were going to take the missiles out of Cuba, and we would take the missiles out of Turkey. The only problem was the Russians didn't take out their missiles, all our missiles. (laughs) You know, this is where you where Reagan used to come in, you know, you know, trust but verify. Okay <laughs> You're dealing with the Russians, okay? Yeah So they finally finally got them all out by the end of December or whatever. but they were supposed to take them out right away and was, ah, I think we'll keep a few. <laughs> but yeah, this lasted about 13 days and I think that was very, very intense. You could see it in the adults, you know, the kids, I mean, back then, Mm-hmm. We we were just like we had the attention span of a goldfish, okay? <laughs> right? They tell us something that's really bad and we go, oh, oh, oh and then all of a sudden five seconds later, hey, we're out playing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is it that thing you told me about three year olds today? Remember? Three year olds today can turn on a laptop and open their favorite app. When we were three years old, we were eating mud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the way, maybe that's why we are the way we are. We're eating mud at three <laughs> years old. Yeah. <laughs> we're still doing their drop drills and stuff like that, but, you know, we really didn't. Oh, no, that was big, yeah. The adults, that was the first time that they were very, very concerned. But, mm-hmm. You know, because before, it was kind of like, well, they're so far away, and even with uh, their missiles, you know, but when they're 90 miles away, you don't have a chance to get into a... Uh, into a shelter, yeah, you know. So they were they were pretty shook up, especially the East Coast. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, what really happened in nineteen sixty three? Major, major stuff happened in nineteen sixty three. But the one of the big, major things, and this is very important, Cotton. The mm-hmm. Dodgers swept the New York Yankees in the World <laughs> Series. Swept yeah. the dreaded Yankees. I mean, yep. that is something. <laughs> and you became a Dodger fan. Oh, no, I was already a Dodger fan. Yeah. <laughs> All right, come on. You know, I mean, <laughs> I was an Angel fan only because my because that was the only team out there, Pacific Coast League. My uncles used to take me, and I had my little hat, Angel hat with the halo and the L.A., <laughs> and uh, it was uh, pennant. But once the Dodgers came out, get rid of the red and <laughs> bring in the blue, <laughs> man. There you go. <laughs> Oh man! Now this was very important. Okay, in all honesty, podcast starts getting serious. In mm-hmm. 1963, Martin Luther King leads the march on Washington, D.C. This was big, and this was televised, right in the news, oh, yeah. so you can see it. This is what really influenced the baby boomers. Was mm-hmm. this. now, of course, you were a lot younger than I was. Yeah, but I remember, I remember this was on the evening news, and they would, and it was, this was the first time we'd ever seen two hundred, I mean, two hundred fifty thousand people in front of the Lincoln Memorial. It was huge. Yeah, for us, put together by Philip uh, Rudolph and uh, Roy Wilkins. He was the uh, senior secretary of the NAACP at the time. So it oh, was. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> and this was to push, help push the civil rights bill. Where they all gathered, and the thing is. You know, you're always talking about, I mean, who your heroes are. And in this point in time, to me, Martin Luther King was a hero. I mean, he gave his life for the cause. I could never do that. I could never be this bold and this devoted as he was.
1: Yeah.
0: And the uh, the speech that he gave was unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, boy, that's, yeah, that's you, history,
0: we, big time. Yeah, you always hear had a dream that my four children one day will live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, that doesn't hold true anymore, huh? Yeah. We all want to be identified, not not as uh, together, but you know, I mean, like I've said before, the the way we're going, there's some KKK old dude rocking in his rocking chair in front of his trailer and saying, God, you mean we didn't have to do nothing? (laughs) They're (laughs) separating themselves. Yeah. (laughs) Well, but but yeah, but... uh, That's a whole nother story. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But when you read the speech, because it is truly unbelievable, let me just read you a couple of lines from it. Sure. I am not unmindful that some of you have come here of great trials and tribulations. Some of you have come fresh... From narrow jail cells. Some of you have come from areas where your quest for freedom left you battled by the storms of persecution and staggered by the winds of police brutality. You have been the veterans of a created uh, suffering. Continue to work with the faith that unearned suffering is redemptive. Go back to Mississippi. Go back to Alabama. Go back to Carolina. Go back to Georgia, go back to Louisiana, go back to the slums and the ghettos of our northern cities, knowing that somehow this situation can and will change. Let us not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you today, my friends, so that even though we face the difficulties today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live up to the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day in the red hills of Georgia, the sons of of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I had a dream that one day. Even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will transform into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, by the content of their character. And that's just part of it. I mean, that is amazing. yeah, Yeah, You know, I, uh, it's just like, wow, you know, you listen to that. And guess who else had a speech in 1963? Who's that? George Wallace, and not the comedian. Oh. <laughs> and not the comedian. No, I know
1: George Wallace.
0: <laughs> Do you remember? They, they, they kind of made fun of that in Forrest Gump.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> you remember he was out in the schoolyard? Remember, well, how did it go segregation yesterday? segregation today, segregation forever. Alabama Governor George Walsh stood in the front of Foster's Auditorium in the University of Alabama on June 11, 1963, to stop the enrollment of African Americans. Just two students. They weren't having any of it. (laughs) Right? I mean, you know, this is just unbelievable. Yeah of a long way, that's for sure. Oh, you are not kidding. <laughs> I mean, even in his speech, in in uh, uh, Martin Luther King's speech, he even mentions mm-hmm. him in his one of his oh, one w? of his lines. Yeah, Martin Luther King in his speech at Washington. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama, with his vicious racists, <laughs> when it comes to governing, has the lips dripping with the words of inter interposition and nullification. One day, right there in Alabama, little black boys, little black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and little white girls as sisters and brothers. I mean, he yeah. just actually ticked, picked him out. And, you know, it oh, said that by the end of the end of uh, George Wallace, by his uh, eventually uh, uh, ended up going to the NAACP and apologizing for his uh, stance and racism. Oh, did he really? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he was just probably trying to get into heaven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but can you believe this guy ran for the Democratic Party's uh, presidency?
1: Yeah, Democratic,
0: yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was, he was Oh, yeah, there's all the Southern world Democrats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the party of Jim Crow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but he ran. And remember, he was, uh, there was an assassination attempt against him, and he lost his ability to walk. He got shot in the spine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was
0: that was yeah yeah that was uh that was something, but yeah, so i it's just like, wow, I mean, and this is what kind of galvanized the baby boomer generation to become activists, you know, yeah, and, and then the other thing is which is which is just terrible was the uh assassination of president Kennedy,
1: yeah, oh boy,
0: boy, but that you was, see yep. it did not and and I don't want to say it didn't affect me, it did, but not as it did to other people because my grandfather had just died a couple of days beforehand. Oh, really? Yeah. So, you know, my our family was, was taking care of other stuff and then, then mm-hmm. this, this happened. Okay. You know, I mean, yeah, you know, so it, and the, and the thing about Kennedy, mm-hmm. so he was the first Catholic U S president, mm-hmm. you know, it was just, it was just a horrible time. And he was like oh, the yeah. fourth president assassinated, you know, so you the have fourth? all kinds really? of, yeah. Oh, well, you had Lincoln. You, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh... You, had, you have Lincoln, you have Garfield, you have McKinley, mm. and then Kennedy. So he's the fourth who would been yeah. assassinated. Mm. Okay. And this was the first since the Secret Service began protecting the president. Now, the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover, wanted the FBI protecting the president. All right. So there was a big, there was a big uh, fight. Because it used to be split between the FBI and the Secret Service, and I'm sure J. Edgar Hoover wanted that because that way uh, <laughs> that way he can get more dirt on the politicians. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. But once
0: this happened, that that completely went away. He didn't want nothing mm-hmm. to do with it. And then yeah. get this, there was a big scuffle in Dallas between the Dallas police and the uh, Secret Service for control over the president's casket. No way. Yeah, because that really? Yeah, because the Dallas police said it was a murder in their jurisdiction and we're not giving up the body. Wow. Whoa man, I'll tell you what. And then uh, Lyndon Johnson, he took the oath on Air Force One 99 minutes right after Kennedy was dead. I mean, you know, it was they had to they had to make a move fast. Yeah because of the fact Russia being as strong as they were could make a move then. You know, oh, yeah. So they, they needed they needed Johnson in right away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You
1: went, you wonder too what what the real story behind all of that was? You know. Was,
0: oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's all of this stuff about uh, conspiracies and everything like that. Yeah. And you know yeah. what? If it was government was involved, we'd know by now because they can't keep a secret to save their life. <laughs> yeah. Really. Okay. Somebody would have leaked it. They can't keep a secret to save their life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, uh, uh, my wife's been there t- to Dallas. And, you oh, know, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. She went and she went there and she says, "Man, is, nobody would must have been looking up because it is like very close because they have it where it is, and you you can't enter into the room that they have it as a as a museum. But I think they can do it in, like the next room, and you're like you're like right there. You know, you're just yeah. looking right there at them. And the other thing was that Jackie Kennedy. She mm-hmm. refused to take off the uh, pink Chanel skirt that was stained with her with uh, Kennedy's blood. Really? Yeah, yeah. And she told, uh, wow. you know, Lady Bird Johnson. She told him, "I want them to see what they have done to Jack." Wow.
1: Before. Boy, I, you know, you, you, when you talk about that, I just I can see that that footage mm-hmm. of yeah. him getting shot. You know, and oh man.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the thing was that Kennedy was actually very ill. Uh, a lot of it had to come from his uh, uh, PT-109 uh-huh. incident. He had a very bad back. Matter of fact, he never, very rarely walked up the stairs for Air Force One. They would, He would go in through the baggage area. They would lift him up, you know, and he would, he would walk in that way. And what wow. they said, the first bullet that hit him, if he did not have a brace on, he would have leaned over and the second bullet wouldn't have got to him. But when it hit him, he, the brace wouldn't allow him to go down. And then that's what, that's what uh, the second, yeah, it was just. I'd
1: never heard that. Yeah. Yeah, He was a very, he
0: was very ill, very ill, Mm. you know, for being a young man and everything like that. Yeah. But like I said, man, he was, he was about as close to royalty as you could possibly get.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, and by the way, the, 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 the skirt has never been cleaned. Oh, really? Yes, and it lies in the National Archives. Wow. Jackie uh, Kennedy had removed her wedding ring and put it on on her husband's finger to be buried. But later, uh, she had a knave uh, retrieve it. <laughs> that probably changed her mind. Did Wait a minute, really? i put that back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh golly! Well, we're running a little late, so I'm gonna. We're gonna probably end with 1964. Okay. Okay. All righty. But I'm just saying that we still have uh, a few things to do. I mean, like 1964. This is very, very important. Civil Rights Act was passed in 1964. Mm -hmm. The Southern Democrats filibustered for 54 days, (laughs) during which, in 54 days, no Senate business could be conducted. This is never wow. in the history of the Senate had they, had they uh, been able to muster enough votes to cut the filibuster for the Civil Rights Bill. You wow. Know. And it finally passed uh, 70, 73 to 27, I think it was uh, 26 Democrats voted against it and one Republican. Hmm. The stated purpose of the 1964 Act was to enforce the constitutional right to vote. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you, you, th- you know, we, we take that for granted now. Yeah. But they were just all under the Jim Crow laws, there was just all kinds of stuff. In other words, you had to uh, pass a uh, literacy test and all of this stuff, but only if you were black, not if you were white. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> you know? Oh, it was just, it was horrible. Okay. You know, and it gave the U.S. courts jurisdiction to issue injunctions <laughs> requiring an individual. Uh, to do or not to have specific actions or curtailed uh, discrimination in places of public, you know, accommodation. So the discrimination through that act was gone. It authorized the U.S. Attorney General to issue lawsuits to protect constitutional rights in public facilities and public education. Hmm. Now, this this has been going on for a while. Uh, civil rights. It goes all the way back to Truman and even um, Eisenhower, who sent in soldiers. Who sent in military to uh, to desegregate some of the schools? Extended the the powers of the commission on civil rights uh, to prevent discrimination in federal assisted programs. To establish a commission of equal employment opportunity. But this is it. Yes. This this is crazy. This this will knock you. This will knock your socks off. Okay. They mm-hmm. still didn't know if it was constitutional <laughs> because it dealt with private sector. Oh. All righty. So the right mm. away, what's the first thing some of the southern states do is they throw out lawsuits to challenge the new law. But in December of <laughs> 19, yeah, in December of 1964, the Supreme Court ruled in a landslide case, Heart of Alabama Motel In Incorporated versus the United States. This granted mm. the power of Congress to use their power granted by the Constitution of Commerce Clause to force private businesses to abide by the Civil Rights Act of 1964. There was also, yeah, yeah oh yeah, there was also, but that was that. Now there was restaurants. <laughs> These were hotels, but now there's restaurants. Mm-hmm. But but they forbid racism, discriminations in restaurants. If you offer service to interstate travelers, you have to, uh, you cannot discriminate. Or... If you're serving food that's moving through international commerce, so they've covered all our bases. Yeah, that was big time. Still, and and Cotton, we're going to end with this very very depressing story. Mm-hmm. All righty, and then again, you know how I don't like to because uh, you know we're we're here to have fun, but the the '60s were a pretty tough time. Yeah, big time. Okay, did you remember? Do you remember the movie Mississippi Burning? You know, I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh my goodness! It is about the three civil rights activists that were killed in Mississippi. Just, oh, okay. just horrible. Just, I mean it was just terrible. It was, it was called the Freedom, uh, the 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 Freedom Summer murders. Okay, hmm. and it was just terrible. A gentleman by the name of uh, James uh, Cheney, he was a black man. When they caught him. They were, they were. Well, let me put it this way: they were. In a church, uh, Mount Zion Church, and they were recruiting. They were doing uh, recruiting for voting for black voters. The KKK uh-huh. follow these three guys in their car, pull them over, take them out of the car. This guy by the names of James Cheney, who was a black man, was beaten with change, castrated and shot. Oh, man. Yeah. And uh, Michael Schwindner and uh, Andrew Goldman, the two white activists that were with him, were forced to watch this. Oh wow! Yeah, when Schwinnner when Schwindler cradled the Cheney into his arms, Klansman asked him, "Are you the Are you that blank lover?" And Schwinnner replied, "Sir, I understand your concern." And then they shot him in the heart. Really? Yeah. 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 yeah so,
1: so that was the Klan doing all of this. Yes. That. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah which were big time in Mississippi. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Goldman uh, attempted to run and he was shot in the back. Mm. Then they, 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 they took the bodies to a farm pond. Herman Tucker was waiting. And this guy, Tucker bulldozed the uh, dirt over the, uh, from the property to cover the bodies. Wow. You know, you know, then the autopsy shows that Goodman was probably buried alive because they found red clay in his lungs. Mm. Yeah. Just, uh, I know just, it was just horrible. Uh, the next day, you know day, what that is—is is, uh, there's <laughs> things haven't changed much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just horrible. Just I mean, yeah. you know, I mean uh, yeah. what, what, what man will do? You know, they, the, and the next day, of course, the FBI is searching for these guys, and so they're concerned that they may be dead. So the Robert F. Kennedy, the Attorney General, orders mm-hmm. 150 agents to go down there to go into Mississippi and see if they can find the activists. Well, they find the car, and the car is abandoned and burned, and which led to the uh, FBI to name the case MI Burn, in other words, uh, the you know Mississippi Burning, and that's where they get the name for the movie. Oh, oh okay. Because okay. that was the name of, that was the name of the case. Then, uh, wow. Then the uh, Navy dri- divers, right? They they were so concerned once they found the car, they sent in Navy divers to go through the uh, swamps. Right, mm-hmm. where, where, where the car was, and they discovered eight other black men's bodies. Jeez. So I just saying that you know, I mean that's why you can understand <laughs> we all view history differently. Oh yeah, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know because, like I said, I have had the advantages. I'm a person of color with no color. Okay, right. So, <laughs> so, yeah. But I mean. <laughs> You look at look at some of the stuff that the people have gone through, and you can understand why they are the way they are, the way they think. I mean, it just it was just it was just a horrible time in the '60s, and a lot yeah. of times we forget how bad things were. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? And so, but Cotton, I think we're going to end it right here uh, because we're getting, we're getting a little long. And I will tell you okay. this: we'll start in 1965. Next time, okay? And, guess, oh, okay? and guess what happened in 1965? What was that? The U.S. sends ground troops to Vietnam. Oh, exactly. <laughs> so we can talk about that, you know, because that oh, yeah. one comes near and dear to my heart. Oh, yeah. Okay? <laughs> I was very fortunate. I, I was of the age where I had two draft lotteries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but only one was actually valid. The other one, they, even though they did the draft lottery, didn't mean anything. You know? uh, and my yeah. number, my number was so far down there. It's ah, they ain't, they ain't getting me. <laughs> and with my brother, the, the judge said to my mom,
1: "Either he goes to jail, or mm-hmm. he goes to uh, in the service." So my mom and dad said he goes in the service, and he was he was in the bad part there. No <laughs> he was in man. The,
0: he yeah. ended up in Vietnam? Yeah,
1: first he was first eight-man killer team through Cambodia. Oh, yeah. gee, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, we'll go over they that. Eight guys,
1: and they drop them and just say, okay, you're on your own.
0: Yeah. Son, gee. you're on your own. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, we'll start going over that because there's a lot of that stuff that goes on. I mean, we're talking about. Uh, the vietnam war we will talk about the national organization of women were founded and we'll go on and on about that and there's other assassinations and just just horrible stuff happening okay yeah but i mean this is it. what molds us today and that's why i think a lot of times people look at us as callous you know things happen mm-hmm. and we, but look what we live through yeah you know, you, you know that's why i always say you can never judge someone unless you've walked in their shoes and understand yeah. what they've gone. Through. Yeah. But other than yeah. that, Cotton, you have a great one. Okay, buddy. You too. All right. You too, Padre. All right. You have Bye. a great one. Hmm? Nos vemos después. We'd like to thank you for listening, and leave you with this one quote from Martin Luther King Jr. We must learn to live together as brothers, or perish together as fools. Until next time, may God bless.